It's the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, episode 14. So you're a time blocker to some degree. This means you put tasks in your calendar, not just appointments with people, which can't easily be changed, but solo time that you commit to doing a particular task on your own. You make a promise to yourself that no one else knows about to do something at a particular time and place. It's an easy concept to explain, but most people who seem to start the practice have a rough time taking it to the level they want. Once they get past the beginner stage, when they're experimenting with a few tasks, they want more tasks. And for a while, they schedule these more tasks and more and more and more until they have too many and their time blocking becomes a problem. It should be easy, they think, but all of a sudden it's turned into something that's not. What are some of the best solutions available once they hit this, let's call it a plateau or a ceiling? Tune into this episode to hear from me and my special guest, Mark Vardy, as we solve this challenging problem together. Welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And welcome back. As you can see, we're joined by our special guest, Mike Vardy. And just before I introduce him, let me let me tell you a couple of things about the podcast. Uh, one is that this is a problem and solution kind of conversation where Michael has joined me to help to define the problem that I mentioned before. And then we'll switch over, almost like changing gears, and then work on some possible solutions. And as we do so, especially in the part where we're talking about solutions. We're looking to see if we can come up with some new stuff, something that's never been said before. Now, we may not get there, which is okay, but if we do, you'll hear this sound, which means that we've come up with something that we think nobody in the world has ever said before. And we could be fooling ourselves, but we're going to have fun doing it anyway. And if we get to the end of the podcast and we don't, I'll put in a buzzer that said that, Time ran out and we didn't come up with anything new, but so far, had a good track record. So right before I introduce Mike, let me tell you a quick story. Jose has been time blocking for about six months, faithfully putting all his tasks for each day right there in the calendar. Before he made the switch, he only used his calendar for appointments, like a doctor would when, you know, like seeing patients. As soon as he began this time blocking, he noticed a huge improvement. All of a sudden, he lost the fear of losing control of his day. No, he knew exactly where he stood at any moment, whether he was executing according to his plan or not. Or at least that was on the good days. On the occasional bad day, his plan would be disrupted in the first five minutes by an unexpected emergency. For example, his boss could commandeer his time and direct him to do something completely unplanned. This would have a ripple effect that would last several days, and he hated this. But his company had a flaky global supply chain, and as a procurement expert, there were days, more days like this than ever before. Thank you, COVID. The worst moments came when he skipped time blocking for several days and would have to return to the original emergency. 
Then he'd move all his tasks forward one by one, a tedious process at best. You know, that dragging and dropping as you try to move all the tasks. At worst, he'd feel like abandoning approach, but he was wary. The idea of going back to doing mental planning was not appealing. However, there was a lifeline. He was recently offered the services of a remote assistant who could do some of his rescheduling. So he's thinking about that. And he's also aware of auto-scheduling apps like Motion and SkedPal, but he hasn't tried them. What is the best course of action? Or maybe she should just wait until the supply crisis goes away. So maybe then he could return to his former success. Hmm. So let me introduce Mike Vardy. Mike is an author, speaker, and productivity and time management strategist or productivityist based out of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. His company is called Productivityist, and the company's mission is to help people stop doing productive and start being productive through a variety of online and offline resources that he facilitates. He's the author of The Front Nine, How to Start a Year You Want, Anytime You Want, published by Diversion Books. He's also published, self-published several eBooks, most recently, The Productivity, Productivityist Playbook. Mike, welcome to the Task Management and Time Locker Podcast. Thanks for having me, Francis. I'm looking forward to this. I think I'd like to hear that nice sound happen more than the buzzer sound. So let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> let's make some magic happen. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it's, 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 it's not that the buzzer is bad. It's just that, you know, you, we could have a great conversation. And sure. We, you know, we, bring, we bring ideas that we already know. And if nothing new gets created, it kind of happens sometimes. Yep. All right. So let's talk about this time blocking uh, problem that we've defined. So People think it's easy, and then they get a rude surprise. Does that resonate with your experience of working with clients? Yeah, I, I think time blocking sounds very um, promising and almost like the holy grail in a lot of ways. Like, you know, um, if I block my time, then uh, I'll be able to get all the things that I need to and want to get done done. But the problem is, is that especially if you're not, not if you're not working for yourself, like I am, I have, I have a lot of luxury of being able to kind of create those blocks of time and, and not have to worry about it being commandeered as, as you mentioned in the story. But when you have, uh, when you work in an environment where the time isn't all your own, it's very hard to get incredibly specific with blocks of time on a consistent and sustainable basis. And so how do you do it in a way that allows you to maintain and sustain it, but leaving room for those emergencies or when things go wrong uh, so that you don't drop the ball with it altogether. It's like, you know, I mean, biases creep in all the time. Oh, this didn't work this week, which means it will never work again. Or there's no way I can block my time because my days aren't completely under my control. We tend to, you know, kind of exaggerate how much, uh, we can't do something over because it's change. It's difficult. Um, so when time blocking makes things easier to some degree, um, it's the getting to that point that's hard. And then the maintaining it, which is even harder, uh, especially when you talk about things like having to move things from one day to the next to the next, people end up thinking it's more maintenance and you spend more time moving things around than actually doing the things. So it, it, hopefully during our conversation, we'll be able to solve some of those those concerns and uh, make it so that whether you block your time very specifically or whether you use the kind of stuff I talk about, which is theming your time, 
um, you may be able to have the best of both worlds. Right, right. So that's what that's what we're we're, we're heading for. Kind of a, a a balancing of the opposites because there's some yeah. people who they, they not only don't time block, they don't do any planning whatsoever. There are people who, you know, in the morning they they wake up, they 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 reach for their phone on the nightstand, and they start checking email. Yeah, and their entire day depends on what their email is telling them to do or that's what the, their messages are telling them to do. And that's yeah. the day. That's, and that's a huge problem because basically when you're saying that is you're saying uh, what I had in mind for my day, my time is not nearly as important as the external demands. And we, the reason that we tend to do that is it's easier for someone else to tell us what to do than for us to tell ourselves what to do in a lot of cases, because some of the stuff that we need to tell ourselves to do is more challenging, deeper, more thoughtful work. Whereas if we're getting messages from our bosses that the 14th thing that they've given us is now the most important, is it? I mean, we have to realize that when we get demands from our colleagues, um, they probably aren't thinking about the things that they've already sent our way. They're just thinking about the most recent thing that they sent our way and they're getting it out of their head and sending it to you. And then you have to decide, well, how do I work through this. And if you start your day off with no plan, if you grab your phone and you're dealing with the external demands right away, then yeah, you're already behind the eight ball and it's very hard to get out. It's like quicksand, right? It's very hard to get out of that. So you have to almost start from a point of I've planned my day the night before, or, I mean, again, and when we talk about time blocking or again, and I'll use my example of daily theming, like when I wake up in the morning, I don't say to myself, well, I wonder what I'm going to do today. That is a terrible question because my brain will, right? It's, it's the worst question. Instead, I say, well, what day is it? Oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday's media day. Okay, so my overarching focus today is media tasks. Well, right. let's take a look at the to-do list and see what's on there. And then we're orchestrate. And I think that's one of the other things we could probably get to today is how the calendar and to-do list can work together instead of you being like, I'm a calendar person and all the things go in a calendar or I'm a to-do list person and the calendar is just for appointments. Like there's a way to have those integrate so that they talk to each other and they help you be your most productive self. Right, right. So the person who I, I met who was the most reactive kind of person that I'm mentioning was a very junior member of staff. And it really came as a revelation that you could plan your day and that your boss wants you to plan your day. Your boss doesn't want you to be a, a complete puppet you know like a complete at the uh, victim of whatever drama was happening and whatever latest you know item your colleagues thought they wanted you to work on so so in a way that the uh, time blocking allows anyone to start uh or move further towards the accomplishment the idea is to move them towards the accomplishment of their goals and intentions mm -hmm. and away from the pure chaos that this particular employee happened to live in. It's just that on the way from the pure chaos to full intention, there is real life, right? Yeah. And real life is that not only do other people have things for you, they want you to do things and they want to do them on their schedule. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But there are, there are bona fide emergencies and these unexpected demands cause you to have to react. And that's where the early time blocker, the, the, the novice at time blocking, you know, they, they put the tasks on their calendar in the, in the beginning and it, it works like Jose did. Mm -hmm. And then life starts to build more 
items start showing up that they need to time block. They become really good at creating an eight hour schedule only to see it go to heck in maybe the first 10 minutes. Yep. And they, they, so they have a choice at that moment, but there's something internal that goes on um, for my talking with people. Um, for me, it seems like a loss of confidence. Like I'm not doing the right thing because look at all these changes that are coming in. But how would you characterize it, Mike? That's sort of that internal feeling that people have when that moment comes, they realize their time blocking doesn't work in the way they want it. Well, I think part of the problem is that they get too specific right away. So they get too specific with their tasks, which is what mm -hmm. I found when I work with people. Mm -hmm. And they've, they, because most people have heard about time blocking, but haven't heard about time theming. And they're like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, well, the difference is, is that theming is a broader, there's a broader scope to it, right? So instead of me starting off my day with a block of time that says I'm going to record all of the intros and outros for my June podcast episodes, I don't go <laughs> that specific right away because what if, what if, what if I have, um, like, I'll give you an example. I had a, a particular podcast guest that said, um, we need, we need this or something like that. And that, that got my attention first. And if I had had in there, you know, do the record, the intros and outros between nine and nine thirty, and I don't get that done. All of a sudden the snowball effect starts to happen. Like you're talking about, right? So we either, they either get too specific with what's in the block of time or they make the block of time too narrow to fit the thing in. So I think that's why I prefer using theming early on, especially early on, because what it does is it says, okay, today, this period of time, whether it's a day or horizontal theming is times of day, I'm going to focus on, I don't know, communication. Okay, great. That means that that could be email, that could be social media, but I can't tell that person what, their time block should be what that period of time should be. Maybe they need to go narrower and say, okay, this is email time, right? So I'm going to focus on just dealing with email, not just emailing this one specific person. So I think that's the first thing because- so We're gonna, we're gonna it, talk more about theming later on when we get sure, to the sure, sure. But before, before someone knows about theming as a solution, what's the, yeah. what's the experience well, for them? Like? The, the experience is, I mean, that's the, I think to, to that end, the experience is, um, I have so much to do and not enough time. So how can I, how, how am I going to, and you know, my day is now full and it's two. So that's number one. Number two is, uh, am I doing these in the right order? Right. right. So right. am I doing them in the right order at all? Right. right. Whether it's based on the priority that people are placing on me, whether it's my body clock, that's telling me to do these at the right time. Cause some people are not wired to do things in the morning and they're better suited in the afternoon. I would right. be an example of that versus like the morning person. So like, there's a lot of variables in there, but the ultimate thing is emotions play, play, play a role. And I, I think that when it comes to productivity in general, we skew either too far to the emotional response. Oh, I got this thing from this person. I got to deal with it right away or too far to the logical. Well, hold on. This time block says that I should only be doing this. And then they, they, they focus intently on that. And they're forsaking other things. So we balance doesn't just come, you know, in the in the sense of work life balance or whatever. But balance should be your approach to. I don't want to be too emotionally responsive to this, and I don't want to be too logical. I want to be like reasoned with my approach to to the tasks that are going in my calendar. So to, they're bouncing. They're bouncing around. Kind they're of. bouncing around between emotional responses and, and being too, so they, they tend to overcorrect. So oh my god, right. I, this is freaking me out. And they go, okay, that's bad. 
Um, maybe I should just be completely ruthless about this and go, nope, this is the time and this is it. And I don't care what my emotions say. And they forget that they're human beings. So, right, so they right. teeter, so they, they overcorrect to either and they don't, they don't realize and they don't test the waters too. They don't go, okay, well, is, you know, you mentioned everything because like emergencies happen. Well, what is an emergency? Like you need to define that. Before you can, because if everything is, a, is an emergency, then nothing really is. And it, it's like when people say to me, and I don't know if you get this, Francis, but, oh, man, I spend all morning putting out fires. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know that a firefighter will let certain things burn so that they can actually strategically attack the thing that, you know, so they'll, they'll let part of a burning building burn because they're like, okay, this part we can let go for a while while we let do this. So when when people say they're fighting fires, I envision them like spraying like willy nilly like a fire <laughs> yeah, extinguisher everywhere, right. you know, or grabbing a water a, a bucket of water when it's a chemical fire, and then going oh no, or you know what I mean? Like they're not <laughs> they're worse. not being yeah they're not being strategic about it. And so I said when you say I fight fires, I want to know how because if right. you're just like will you know being very um, reckless and ruthless about it then you're not being you're not taking a strategic approach and i think that that whether you're this problem goes beyond time blocking but i think that's right. part of it too is what is an emergency and find out and the only way you can do that is to ask questions internally test waters but then also ask questions externally hey boss what is this like what is an emergency because you get a lot of different answers on that i mean right. your answers could be really really overt this is that when I say this, this is an emergency. We'll put it in the headline of the email, urgent, right? Or whatever. Or you'll get subtext, which is your boss saying, Hey, when I'm email you, everything's an emergency. And that sends a completely different that's, message. So, and that, that strikes me as uh, uh, one, of, one of these early realizations because when you become, when you start time blocking, all of a sudden you become hyper aware yeah. of how different life is from your expectations about life yeah. so there's a there's a rude surprise when you start off it, it, it's kind of you if you're keeping a, if you had a to-do list before you started time blocking or worse if you just kept it in memory you had a kind of a vague idea that was never really tested mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you put something down in writing and you put a time to it and now you can see the failure kind of talking right back to you and all of a sudden, your, your boss's email that never used to be a problem, his emergency emails are now a problem. Your colleagues' yep. emails that try to get into your schedule are now a problem. All of a sudden, all these things are problems, but they weren't problems before because you would just kind of go, oh, well, you just surrender the day or surrender the moment yep. and you yep. just give it right back. Give it, you just not have to make a hard decision. Mm -hmm. So it strikes me that when you start time blocking, all of a sudden, your intention runs into the reality that's always been there. You may think it's new that, like, oh my God, they, they, they know I'm time blocking, so they're trying to ruin my day. But the truth is you're really just aware of something that was always going on, but now you're, you're actually accounting for it. You're not just well, smiling and going. And, and, and I think the key is, is that before you start to allocate your time and, and use it at leverage it, or lead it, not manage. Time moves on whether we want it to or not. That's why time management is such a crappy term in a lot of cases because, you know, managing it is not like, that's what time, I mean, think about the difference between a manager and a leader, right? Like a manager is just, you know, you're moving pieces around all that stuff. But when a leader 
wants to do more with that, right? So when right. you start time blocking, you are actually leading your time. But more importantly, and I think that this is the piece that you don't hear about, is I would argue that time blocks are more attention blocks than time sure. blocks. Time is the frame, but sure. what they do is they heighten, you talked about awareness, they right. heighten your attention towards your intention, which is right. whatever you're putting there. Whether that's a very specific task, a set of tasks, a project, what you're doing is saying, this, these are my intentions, or this is my intention, which is why right. I prefer the term t- intention over task. Like I intend to do this. And in order to be productive, you have to say, okay, how am I going to pay attention to this? Because everybody else, like you're, to your point, is vying for your attention. And you've been freely giving it away before, not just your time, but your attention. What a time block does, what any period of, when you say from nine till 9.30, yeah, right. that's, that's attention. And then right. that's when it becomes a problem. You're like, wait a minute, they're not taking my time. They're trying to take my attention away. And if I'm not paying enough attention to this, then the outcome is not going to be what I have in mind. And therefore, that's when the problems really start to show up. Oh, I wonder if that's worthy of a ding because I've never ha- I've never heard that before. Heighten your attention to your intention. That time blocking for a person Hit who it. starts off, <laughs> it heightens their attention to their intention. Have you ever said that before? I I've said it. I I be, uh. my, my, well no 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 no. But I I haven't oh, yeah. said it. I haven't said it in relation to time blocking. What I've said is oh. produ- productivity oh. to just to just to kind of give you the higher view of this. Yes. Productivity is not about efficiency and effectiveness. Right. Those are byproducts of productivity. Productivity right. is the active linking, and I have said this before, between your intention and your attention. That's what that is. So to that end, that's what that's that's essentially what I'm talking about here. So time blocks, they do. They, they give your attention a place to live. Okay, great. So I'm going to give that a ding because we're talking... So the time blockers who are in the world and time blockers in the world need to know that if you're just starting out time blocking, be aware that all of a sudden failure is going to become your friend because we're attention and intention. We're kind of mixed up and not quite clear. And you didn't really know that you weren't following your intention. All of a sudden you are now going to learn that and you're going to realize that for the very first time. Great. So uh, to summarize where, where we just sort of left off, we discovered that there is a problem that new time blockers have. They run into a whole bunch of reality where their intentions don't match their actual attention. And they come to realize this because they're keeping track of where they want to put their time. You know, either it, it could be it could be it could be a theme for the day that gets knocked off. Mm-hmm. It could be all the way down to the minute. You know, that you're, for some people, oh my God, this is five minutes late or five minutes early, or I'm not following my schedule. Because there are some schools of thought that say that you need to follow your schedule no matter what. And those probably lead you to feelings of failure faster than, for example, theming, which allows you to enter it um, gently. Well, and and further that, Francis, I think the biggest thing that happens is once you start to tap into, once you start using time blocking and you get you real you realize some of the um the the not barriers but the the pit the not even pitfalls but the the problems the things that that show up the concerns that you didn't you weren't aware of before um things it's the stuff that we do have more agency over that you can actually start to take control of and command of so mm-hmm. 
when you know, you know things like expectation management like mm-hmm. you couldn't do that before you didn't right. even know that you had the ability <laughs> to do that because right. your expectation like there was no sense of that you're getting all of this stuff thrown at you and then what you can start to do is parse it out and say okay well what are these external demands i need to give them my attention but i can't give all my attention away because there's some internal demands, which may have been given to me by others that I need to focus on. So now I need to manage expectations. So that way I can have those blocks freed up. And that's where you'll do things like, hey, um, you know, the, 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 the way the business runs is that we're going full guns from nine to three, but from three to five, I'd like to block my time out where no one right. can, and then they go, okay. And that's, I think that's the other problem too. And we, I, I know we might get into this is whenever somebody adopts something new, like a new breathtaking or groundbreaking or something, I've heard they go, all right, I'm all in. And we've seen this with getting things done before I've right. read the getting things done book and I'm going to do the weekly review and I'm going to da, da, da. And then all of a sudden they're like, it just, if one thing breaks or doesn't work, it just collapses. It just same collapses. thing, same thing with technology. They'll go, right. I know the new app like motion or ClickUp or whatever it is, they'll go, I'm going to put all my stuff in there because that will help me be more productive. And then all right. they've done is said, here's the pile. I'm just going to move this pile in or anything for it. And they're like, well, how come this didn't work? Well, the reason it didn't work is you don't have human driven processes in place that can work in any app that can right. be future proof that need to be adjusted and you also tried to do it all at once. It's it's the same battle we hear when someone's trying to work out. If you go from not working out at all to trying to work out f- seven days a week, you're gonna fa- you're gonna the, the likelihood of failure is high. If you are trying to go from being a night owl to a morning person, you've heard 15 minutes every day, go to bed 15 minutes earlier every day. If I was going to bed at one in the morning and then said, Oh, I'm gonna start going to bed at eight at eight at night. I'm probably going to fail. So it's the same principles with time blocking. Don't, I mean, real quick, if you're going to start, start with one. Right. Don't, and start with the one that you're going to have the most success with. Like start on a Saturday. Hey, right. I'm gonna, you know, when you know you have more agency, I think or that's- Six o'clock in the morning or right. seven o'clock right. at night or pick the times that are least likely to be disturbed by emergencies, other people. Mm-hmm. That's 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 great great coaching because you can you can tell the coach or tell the newbie or the coachee that listen the time is gonna come when but until that comes here's yeah. how you get your feet wet and you start by time blocking and theming the kinds of days and in a kind of way that allows you gentle entry because you are about to be rudely surprised like for example speaking of expectations management. I could imagine the, the erstwhile time blocker saying to his boss, well, no, I can't do that. I'm time blocking between one and one and five. And the boss goes, what? <laughs> what, yeah. what are you what, talking about? What are you talk- <laughs> yeah, or, or, or I don't answer emails after three. They're like, no, you can't. You have to figure out where those boundaries can be built. Oh, you mean your next job? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, not, not here, job. right? <laughs> you know, I don't work in this job. You mean some other job, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I'm sure you and I mean, work. I where I live, um, it's a capital of a province, and I've done some work with government. And you can't treat government the same way as you would treat big business, that because it's right. so firmly entrenched and there's so much red. So you have to kind of decide. It's the same principle that 
I mean, I might be going in the weeds here a little bit, but I don't like no meeting days because the optics of a no meeting day sounds like what you don't take meetings on a Wednesday. Well, who are you? But if you, if you instead say, you know, I don't do meetings after three. Well, that seems more reasonable because, oh, it's just the last two hours of the day. But here's the great part. If you don't do meetings after three, five days a week, you get 10 hours back, which, which is a whole bunch of time. Plus trying to do me. What if you had meeting like a no meeting day on Wednesday? You don't really recuperate in that time. And also you're likely to let some get in there. You really are. You're more likely to let people get in on a Wednesday or that no meeting day right. than you and would with the after 3 p.m., right? So right. I, I don't, that's, again, that's that's a, a different way of approaching it. But I think more often than not, we hear the shiny new strategy and we go, oh, I'm going all in. And the problem is if you go all in and you're, you, it's like jumping into the deep end of a pool and not knowing how to swim, you know, you're going right. to have some problems. Right, right. So we're, we're our, our, our coaching at this point is to find ways to, learn to time block uh, gradually almost because the fact is you are in a social system with other people you have your own expectations to deal with that you don't know about you're not very skilled at it so you're going to fail so here are here's an approach that can sort of ease you into the social challenge the personal challenge the expectation challenge challenge the just the planning fallacy challenge here are some easy methods that will ease you in. So you actually can gain some momentum because what happens often is that people give up time blocking and then they're saying it doesn't work because their experience of it is that they had this idea of how it would work. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And then they quit. And then they write a blog post that says time blocking doesn't work. And here's why. Yep. And you kind of go, well, yeah, yeah. Because they... they Uh, it's the same and you have to find i know in my case like when people have said they can't theme their days as an example i i call i call bs on that because i'll say to them well okay well when do you do your laundry oh saturday what about your grocery shopping saturday when do you mow your lawn saturday i'm like so saturday is like a day where you do household stuff right yep so saturday is your household day right yeah oh i'm like yeah you're already doing it to a degree degree, you're already so all i'm asking is for you to and you probably do it like we, you know, bet we know what we're doing at certain times of day. Anyways, there's certain things that, so own that, like just take some agency over it. And right. then, and then to your point, start to see those results and go, okay, what if I go a little bit further? Like, what if I, what if I try from three to five on a Friday when everyone's out of the office and the expectations on their side are low, but I can do some of this stuff now, instead of, you know, wrapping up emails or something like that, I'm going to do that earlier in the day. And I'm going to take from three to five where I'm not interrupted. I'm going to do something that's a little bit, you know, bigger, a little bit more in depth. But again, it's, that's the thing. Even when business isn't personal, productivity always is. And so with, with that in mind, you need to kind of go, how do I work subjectively in an objective world? And time blocking does allow you to do that. But again, like anything else, and we've been talking about this, you can't jump in with both feet right away, especially because it's new and it's likely unproven to you. You need to see some of the results. And when you do, then you're going to start to add more layers to it. Right, right, right. So, so this, is, this is great, great coaching. I've, never, I've, not, I've not heard this, what we're saying, ever really said before. Because not publicly, a, <laughs> maybe it, in our private we'll coaching, you're getting like free coaching right now. Like this is like, we, we expect that the, the hourly rate to be plugged in. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, I, this is kind of, the stuff, this is some of the stuff, but I, I think that, that people need to know 
that the you know you can work partly if not entirely the way that you feel will work best for you to hit your objectives you just need to try and right. i'm to to the point of time blocking and i know that this is something that comes up a lot cal newport's talked about this too about putting very specific tasks in very specific blocks of time i personally am not a fan of that because that's where I think one of the first things starts to fall apart, Francis, because something happens and they can't do that specific task. So therefore everything else gets derailed and pushed. And then they're like, uh-oh, now I'm spending more time moving things around than doing stuff. Whereas if I, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, what if you broaden the scope a bit and say, all right, so from nine to 10, I'm not gonna send these five emails. I'm going to focus on email, email or right. instead of working on, um, you know, this project, which by the way, you might be having bottlenecks from other people, which pushes you into email. Now you're checking email. You say, I'm going to focus on all the things that I can do in my, in Salesforce. Oh, and right. here they all are. This is why when people put their tasks in their calendar and they don't have a to-do list, I'm like, you should really have a to-do list too. They're like, why? Like, because the, the, the calendar offers the directory of your day. The to-do list offers the details. So right. if the calendar is the place where you're like, oh, from this time to this time, I should be paying attention to this kind of stuff. What's the stuff? Oh, the to-do list tells me the stuff. And then you draw lines. So if you have a Salesforce block between nine and 11, then in your to-do list application, you use a tag called Salesforce. You click on that tag and you see every task that says Salesforce. And they could be for one project, three projects, five different projects. And then you're, you're in that modality of Salesforce, which helps you get into flow, right? Cause that's right. what time blocking can do is right. it can get you into flow. And then all of a sudden, when you're done that time block, not only did you stick with the time block because you did all the Salesforce stuff, you moved one, three, five projects forward. That's, that's a massive dopamine. That's like, Holy crap. I moved those things forward. And then all of a sudden, when your boss says, well, how are those things going? You can at least say confidently, well, I've updated everything in Salesforce for it. And that's huge, as opposed to either trying to work sequentially in a project where bottlenecks can show up, or just saying, I'm going to work on this very specific task. Uh-oh, this came up. So I think that there is, again, there's, there's give and take, and there's a relationship between your to-do list and your calendar, and to forsake one. It's detrimental. It's detrimental. Right. If, you, if you're strictly a to-do list person, you also need a calendar because the calendar right. will tell you, oh, shoot, I can't do that right now because I have a meeting with Francis or, you know, this is not the right time to do it because my kids are home from school and I should not be recording a podcast on a Saturday. Right. So those two things need to work together. And when they do, uh, that's when you go from doing productive to being productive. Right. I think I think also there's a there's a there's an initial kind of, uh, I won't call it a hyperbole, but there's a, there's a belief that people have that if they start time blocking, it should solve problems like the ones that, you, that we are describing so far. Mm -hmm. This should be the holy grail, only to find out because their idea of time blocking, it's a philosophical problem, isn't the one that they are actually experiencing. They're experiencing practical problems, but they mm -hmm. bought into it at this philosophical level. And they don't really know whether the philosophy, they start to question the philosophy, no. and to question their belief and question themselves. 
And, you know, we're here, I guess we're saying that you should question the philosophy, but the way to question it is with specific practice, not necessarily to ask, does the overall idea work, but is there a way to implement it that actually works for, for me and my circumstances? And if you can't find that, well, let's talk about that. So if you yeah. can't find solutions like that and you never really get to solve you know, the problems that you experience once you start blocking lots of tasks, it could be that you give up on the technique altogether. You say it doesn't start work. It doesn't work. Um, you switch back to what you were, whatever you were doing before. Um, like I said, you write a blog post and say it doesn't work. Um, and that's what some people do. They, 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 they go back to, they get convinced that this is a better technique, more effectiveness and more efficiency. They try it and then they give up. But to me, that's a tragedy because I think there's empirical proof that says that you, that I think there is research proof that says a task in a calendar is more likely to be accomplished than a task in a list only. Uh, yeah, there, that's the key only. I think that, that the problem with most to-do lists, especially, is that people work them sequentially. So they work right. them either by like, what, where, how were they written down? Right. Your brain does not write things down in the order that they're supposed to be done. Right. It just doesn't. That's not the way the brain works. It's just and so, so, so this is it. So, the, so then what's the second way that they look at the to-do list? The due date. Well, the problem with due dates is we often overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do over a longer stretch of time. So now right. you all of a sudden you've overwhelmed yourself with not only do I have all these tasks here in, and I have to scan to figure out which ones to do. Now there's 43 of them that are due today. But are they due today? Well, I think oh, no, I can get them done today. You know, that's the second. Then the third problem real quick is yeah. then they put them in a project and the project also is made up of a list of things that are done sequentially. So now all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, what pieces of the project need to be done or worse, they have a task on their list that's actually a project and they haven't right. broken it down. So right. now all of a sudden I tell them, and this is where this is, this is the spiral. Okay. Right. Oh, you've got work on report. Well, is that something that you can get done today? Well, no, there's a lot of steps to it. Okay. We'll break down the steps, but now I'm going to have more things on your, my list. No, you're not. You're just going to see them all. Like you're, t you're taking invisible and making it visible and then you can make dents in it, but they're seeing this and their brain goes, Oh my goodness. Look at all these things. Same amount, just broken down, better verbs, better ways to move it forward. The third right. thing, the fourth thing rather, fourth, yeah. is is they'll use priority levels. And you and I both know, after having studied this for a while, Disaster. that if you have more than one priority, then you have zero, right? Like you, <laughs> that's what it means. Greg McEwen talked about this in his book, Essentialism. Merlin Mann, who's one of the early you know pioneers of online productivity, has talked about this, like prioritization needs to be reined in. Um, you, if you're watching this, I've got a bunch of Lego figures behind me. And one of them is Syndrome from the Incredibles movie. And his plan, his evil plan was to make everybody a superhero because his quote is, if everyone's super, no one is. No one is super. And, that, and that's what happens. If you make everything a priority or three or four or five things a priority, then what is it? Like your job should be to filter this. Time blocks help you filter, right? Because you're adding another element to it. It's Wednesday between 10 and 11. And this is when I work on this. The problem is if you go too narrow, then that's that's another barrier. Different so you barrier. have to figure you have to figure out your Goldilocks factor. What's just right for you? And right. that's why, and you and I have had this conversation offline before, when someone says like, 
what app should I use? Because they want it done for them, right? Like, what's the app I should use? Uh, I'm right. like, I don't know. That's and they're wrong, like, but, but you're the, the you, wrong <laughs> you're like, but you're the expert. I'm like, yeah, but do you like analog or digital? Do you work like we we know what questions to ask, but even then aesthetically we don't know what they're going to like we also don't know how they're breaking down their tasks in the first place we don't know if they like to use due dates or start like there's so many variables and i I will say that so as you're listening to this or hearing this you're like okay mike so really it's a lost cause no because (laughs) you have enough time until your time is done time moves on whether we want it to or not when we're done we're done so you can leverage that that's what you have to keep in mind not I have to get this done today. When you learn to meditate, you're not trying to win meditation or get meditation done. You're just, it's the practice of meditation. Practice, right. And why, what I teach is called time crafting is that you're always crafting your time. Time blocking plays a role in that, or in, in my case, where I talk about time theming, it plays a role in that because a craftsperson never says, well, I'm done. That's it. Like an actor will never go. I'm not like a craftsperson will constantly be working on their craft. And right. that's what you're doing with time. And if you do that and you know that and you understand that, then you know that this is going to be a continuous process and practice that leads right. to progress as opposed to a one and done solution. Because if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get it. Right, right, right. No, this, 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 this strikes me that the, as you're talking about the different ways of prioritizing that when someone, for example, has picked up GTD as a solution mm-hmm. and GTD says only use context yep. and basically nothing else. And GTD says, do not do time blocking because that's a bad idea and it won't work. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's very clear about that. Yep. But, but what happens is that when you use a solution like GTD and you don't do any prioritization is that you end up, use the word visible versus invisible. I would say visible versus mental because you still have the attributes in your head about which tasks are more important, which will take longer, which have due dates. It's just that, to take your point, you're not putting them out there in front of you where you can manage them. You're keeping them all up here Mm -hmm. where you can't manage them very effectively. If all you manage is context, then that's not a rich enough um, for most people not a rich enough way of prioritizing or choosing. Well, contexts are a filter. That's the thing. People, once they understand what that is. So the way I believe here, let me give you an example of if you're going to start time blocking today, like time blocking, let's not even say theming. What you should do is sit down with a blank sheet of paper and just brain dump a GTD term. Just get the things out of your head that are there. Do not censor yourself during this process because the things that are in your mind you may have written them down already they may be in motion they may but that's not the point the point is to your point francis the things that are top of mind or that are in your mind that show up as redundant those are things that are really holding like they're the things you're holding on to and you need to get those blocked so that's what so write them down then go, then assess it, then audit it and go, oh, I, I already have that in Todoist. Or I already have that in, oh, that's the clue. The clue is my brain, even though it knows it's written down, it doesn't trust that I'm going to do right. it. So it's therefore- not, not where I, I can see it in a calendar. I, it's not where I can- Or where it's it will not get in my, a time slot that, to take your point, it's not in a time slot that I trust that I can defend. It, it's, it's not in defend and pay attention to. 
and pay attention to it. I can't, I get, because you can't, everything that's going on in here, you can't, that's why people, when, I mean, we talked about time blocking not working for people. I don't know how many people I've come across that says, I can't meditate, doesn't work for me. Like, how do you know? They're like, well, because, you know, I try, my mind is going the whole time. Like, that's the purpose. The purpose of it is to do it consistently to the point where you're okay with that because that's what the brain does. And so the bottom line is, is things bubble to the surface. They rise to, and by the way, meditation doesn't have to be, I'm sitting in a room with dark, you know, dark room with candles. Meditation could be running, going for a walk. There's lots of different ways to do it. But my point is, is that if you're looking at your, this sheet of paper where you've written everything down and you go, oh, it's already in ClickUp. Guess what? You need to put that in your calendar to say, work on X or not work because that's a terrible verb, but like write 500 words for book. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that's the block. And then figure out what block of time you need to do that, right? right? Start there. And by the way, don't, here's the thing. Don't look at the 20 things that are done and go, well, I better get all 20 of these things done this week. Go to the next week and block. Like, don't just start with one right. week. Spread it out. When I when I help people theme their time and give daily themes, they go, okay, I'm ready to start. I'm like, great, let's go four weeks down the line. They're like, what? They're like, what? <laughs> I go, and, and, and I show they show me their calendar while they do it. And I say, because look, and as you make your way three to four weeks down the line, the calendar gets emptier and emptier and emptier. And the only things that stand out are the certainties for every week. Like, the Monday stand-up meeting, the right. Thursday, you know, trainer appointment. I go, this is the purest that your calendar is ever going to get. So let's theme this. That way we know, oh, Monday is a meeting. We know there's a meeting on Monday at this time. So we don't probably want to have that as a deep work day, let's say. for So it gives us more information. But most people, when they time block or start this, not only do they try to do too much all at once, but they try to cram it into a week and then go, well, it right. didn't work this week. Spread it, it out. Right. Spread it out. So spread from it the out. Future, because the future is more defensible. Sure. Right? Yep. Arguably, it's not. It's not drama and emergence is happening in the future, and you can tell people around you that listen, I've 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 blocked out three weeks. Yeah. Wednesday in three weeks time to do this particular thing. Yep. People could say, oh, okay, oh yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll schedule my emergency for you for Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? You got your I mean, thinking right. <laughs> Well, well, and there's tools that will help you with this. Like if you decide ultimately that you want to take more control over your time um, and Cal, again, Cal Newport talks about this in his book, A World Without Email. And you and I both have done this is get a calendaring program that allows people to block time with you and say, okay, well, you want to have a meeting and then protect the time that you want to protect right? and still, and share the link. Because here's the thing is people go, oh, I'm, uh, you know, Forget the ego of like, oh, who am I to have a scheduling link? First off, lots more people have them now. Don't worry. You're not like, you're not like trying to be an elitist when you're doing something like this. I don't, that, I don't buy that. Um, I, I, if you have an assistant, I find that to be a little bit more like, oh, well, my assistant, you don't even, I don't think people need to even do that to have assistants anymore. They could personally respond and say, hey, you don't hear it. Or they could have somebody respond. But anyway, the point is, is give them the link. And when you give them the link, you're not saying, I only give you these dates. What you're giving them is the power to choose over the time that you have. They don't know what you're doing. They're not going to look at, well, look at all this time. This person's not available. I mean, if you right. have hardly any time available, maybe, maybe. but you're going to have, you're going to have a balanced approach where it's like, oh, I could choose 
from nine to noon on Monday, from nine to noon on Tuesday, from nine. And they're like, wow, look at all the time that Francis and Mike are giving me to choose from. They're not thinking about it inversely because you've given them, you've, you've empowered them. And what you've really done is also empowered yourself at the same time. Right. Plus you've so avoided you're, you're, the email back. Plus you've avoided the email back and, forth. back and forth. You've, you've avoided the whole like here, just feel free to like, you know, I, and nothing drives me nuts more than people who say um, in within organizations, one of the first things I tell people, the organizations to do is do not allow people to schedule things on your calendar. Don't like, 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 don't, like, don't, 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 don't like, it, off. yeah, it, turn that off because you could wake up the next morning and your day's full. Right. And you have had no time to get out of bed and even check your email yet. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the, 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 the social side of time blocking, you mentioned this business about um, meditation being about the chaos in your mind and noticing it. So the, the, the analogy I'm drawing then is that time blocking is the practice of time blocking is about now becoming very aware of the chaos in your commitments in your, the, as it relates to social with other people, as it relates mm -hmm. to your own expectations. And the idea is to confront it and keep practicing so that you get better, as opposed to giving up and saying it doesn't, doesn't work. It's a, yep. it's a different mindset to bring to it. That's, that's great. All right. So people who, who try and go back to old solutions, it, it won't work for them because you, this really is a matter of growth towards something that you have to, you have to contend with. You can't avoid time if you're managing lots of tasks and as your volume grows, you have less free time. So you're moving towards having less and less and less um, discretionary time and time that's absolutely free. Um, you know, we're talking about pretty intricate subjects. So Mike, why, why, why is it that this problem hasn't been sort of tackled the way we're talking about? Why, why aren't more people talking about what we're talking about on this call? Why is uh, that a popular way of thinking about the problem? Well, number one, I think technology's played a huge role in it. The idea that <clears throat> because we have all these tools, we can do more. But the problem is, is that the tools can only do so much, right? Um, you know, oh. I, I would argue, uh, for example, let's use Inbox Zero as an example, um, that uh, email, the way email was created yeah. and, and utilized yeah, uh, there's no user manual. There's no best practices for email. We would have been better off with this like, okay, so um, if this is urgent, we send an instant message. We don't send an email. Right. If this is related to a task that it goes inside of our task management system as a comment, as opposed to an email right. about the task, right? right? So there needs to be like a charter or, or, or almost like mm -hmm. a, a standard of practices around these things. And right. really when it comes to productivity, I think people are still measuring it and in a quantitative manner without thinking about the qualitative aspects. Right. So agree, agree. You email know, was built when we got, you know, when, yeah. when our programs announced to us that we got mail. Mm -hmm. And back in the 90s, when we came home and we, 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 we told our friends that we got an email. Yeah, it was the novelty of it. It was amazing. Yeah. And now it's the bane of our existence. And the way that we measure productivity, a lot of people measure it. And we've seen this again, back to Merlin Mann, who's Intent, I am certain, was not to say inbox zero is is the goal. Uh, you know, first off, his definition of inbox zero, if you look it up, is not get your email to zero. It's go into email with nothing waiting for you that you don't already have a sense of, right? Like, so don't go it. Like, basically, when you leave email, you should have everything handled, everything cat, like everything in a good place, peace. 
Right. Not um, not, open not, not things not just getting it. Where you can not, and bite you. Well, and that's the thing is the reason that inbox zero has been kind of corrupted to this. Uh, oh, I got my email to zero today. Therefore, I was productive. Um, is because it's a measurable quantity. I had 3,600 emails. Now my inbox is at zero. Uh, I had 230 emails come in today and I got them all done. I'm at zero. Yeah, but what about the Salesforce updates? Oh, I didn't get that done. Why? Because there's no red dot. There's no urgency and there's no... And urgency, the thing about emails, much like social media, is if you get your email to zero and 40% of them are autoresponders, copies, newsletters, you still get that little dopamine like you would on social media by just checking your your DMs and stuff like that. So your brain is going, thanks, 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 thanks for the dopamine. But then all of a sudden, the disappointment of not getting those bigger things done is a problem. So I think the reason we're not having these discussions is number one, the definition of productivity uh, has been skewed. Now, uh-huh. interestingly, I think the pandemic has started to correct this a little bit, the pause yeah. that we were, yeah. we had, yeah. uh-huh. um, again, not, not, not at all, um, you know, kind of uh, downplaying the, the tragic elements of the pandemic. But I would say that COVID-19, the pandemic has accelerated things that were going to happen anyways, remote work, for example, things like that but also has kind of altered what people are thinking about like, hey, I don't have to try to get all these things done in a day or wow, look, I'm spending time doing some deeper work on things and I'm seeing the results. So, and the way you attack this problem is not by, you know, going in, you know, full bore. You have to be strategic about it. It's, it, this is not a, all out assault. This is a chess match. It's a check. Like you have to, and some people are not going to be willing to make those changes because, or at least they're going to be kind of, they'll have to be led that way because the measurables are numerical, right? Like, uh, it's affecting our bottom line. It's affecting our bottom line, but qualitative work helps the bottom line in ways that you don't, you can't immediately measure. So if you start to block out, and that's why, you know, companies are doing things like, again, no meeting days. It's a it's a it's a valiant effort, but you may need to tweak that. It may not be something that's permanent. Or using actual task management tools instead of email to deal with tasks, and then right. finding the outliers that are just not going along with it. And by the way, the way that you deal with that as a last resort is you leave those people out in the cold. I've had clients where they're like, they're the people are consistently emailing and they're not checking their task management app. And they're being called called to the carpet by their bosses. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you're supposed to be using this task app and you keep emailing tasks. And that's why they're not getting done. So yeah. you need to get on, you need to get on board or get out. And I mean, that sucks, but right. it's it's the only way that we can kind of alter the the importance of again being productive over quote doing productive. It, it, and, and real quick. You're always yeah. going to have these people in here that are, that are, again, with remote work, especially in mind, there's always going to be people that will do busy work and confuse it with productive productivity. And that that's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's an animal kingdom thing. Uh, there's ants in an ant colony that are called lounger ants. And they literally go along with the colony looking as if they're doing something, but they are not contributing <laughs> at all. So if the insect world has it, the human world will have it too. And the whole goal is, you know, if you know, it's, it's again, what is it? The Pareto principle, right? The 80, 20 rule, right? Like spend 
Let those 20% that are not doing, let them flounder um, if, they, if that's the case uh, until they get along. Don't punish the 80% by saying, hey, we all have to come back to the office because you know I need to see you all working. Right. And, you know, as opposed to the same thing with using a task app and things like that. So leaders are going to have to start looking at this a bit differently. And that can start with us. It can start with you blocking out like two hours at the end of every day. And then your leadership team going, wow, how in the world are you getting all this stuff done? Like, how are you? Well, you know, I block out two hours every day at the end of the day for uninterrupted work. Wow. Maybe everybody should do that. Wouldn't be a bad idea, boss. You know, things like that. Yeah, you hit on an interesting point. You mentioned technology. The technology doesn't support us in the direction that we're going. And email is a great example because email was uh, using email we were using it today is a bit like carrying a megaphone to a meeting. It's mm -hmm. a technology that doesn't really belong in that space. But we are funneling all of our 95% of our messages through a channel that it's not meant to handle. Right. Not, the people on the other side aren't trained to give you only what they should be giving you by email. The channel itself allows for anything to be sent, which is its power and its downfall. Mm -hmm. uh, ties you to the inbox, which means you have to keep checking all the time because mm -hmm. it's where most of it is coming through. Yep. Um, and, and even doing something like time blocking your time to, to, to process email is in some companies forbidden. You can't do that. Yep. Which is uh, which ridiculously silly. Um, yeah, most companies like, oh my God, he's well, he only checks email between certain hours. Have you heard of the stack method, by the way? Have you heard of the stack method? The no. email, it's fantastic. You should, I mean, if, if, if in show notes linked to the stack method, it's a fantastic email workflow that um, has been built um, by Prasant Nair, who I interviewed for my podcast. It's the episode hasn't aired yet, won't air for a little while, but just he, you would love it because he explains the way he's just dealing with tackling the email problem, which we're talking about right now. And he's using examples that like, you'll watch it and you'll probably have this one like, yeah, like the same examples we've, some of the stuff you just talked about, some of the stuff I've talked about, you can go, aha, this guy gets it, this guy gets it. And he does, but he also presents it in a way that I think organizations could get on board with because okay. it's not, it's not, it, he's found like, I think a way to maintain email workflow without being overly, um, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be too, or like, it's not overly, like I have to move things around all the time. He's got like very specific ways, but it can, it, get, it can expand and shrink as you need. But to your point, um, the example I always use when it comes to email and using it in this manner is, and again, this, this does relate to time blocking too, is how many times do you go and check your physical mailbox every day? Like how many times do you go check the mail where the, the once, the right? Once <laughs> the mailman only comes or the, the letter carrier only comes once per day. And right. generally, you know, when they come, if they've been doing the same route long enough, right? That's the first thing. So you're only checking it once a day. I'm not suggesting you should check email once a day. What I'm saying is that like email was initially meant to replace memos and letters and things like that. Right. Yeah. So then the second thing is when you get your letter mail, Francis, I'll ask you, once you check your letter mail, do you look at it and then just put it back in the mailbox? Back in the mailbox. Do you? No, <laughs> no, 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 of course it's not. The same, the same story. It's on. the same story with email. It's like, okay, let me look at this. Oh, I'm going to mark it as unread. Mark it as unread. Now, again, I'm, I've been in this game long enough to know that if you know that mark as unread means that it's something you need to deal with, 
that's fine. I'm not saying it's the best solution, especially if you've got hundreds that are marked as unread. I'd rather have you move them to something else, not called inbox. But the point is, if you start to think about email in the same way you think about letter mail, you're going to realize how ridiculous it is that you've been dealing with email. And so will your, so will your, your, organi- your bosses and things like that. So the stack method's fantastic. I mean, we all have different ways of handling email. But the point is, to your point, is saying, and in the stack method, he actually says, I have two times of day that I check email. And he blocks time for that. Right. And that, that, to me, is one way to do it. But also, let's say you've got that one, let's say your boss is somebody who is relentless with email. The best way to handle something like that is you create an email folder called boss. And when an email comes from your boss in your inbox, you just drag that email to that boss folder. Don't or, answer it right away or, 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 or create or create a, well, but that can break too. You could have a filter, but what if they're sending it from an email that you haven't necessarily? So sometimes, and by the way, the manual practice of it is I think a better one to start with, right? Then once you're done checking your inbox, your brain goes, oh, I better see what the boss wants, right? Because that's, that's, that's a human reaction. Oh, the boss folder tells me what the boss wants. And then you deal with those. And then you just, that's your cycle. Sure, you can't change the behavior of the boss, but you can change how you react to that behavior. And then you could do silly things if you wanted to, like go, I'm not going to respond to that email right now and see what the boss does. Like you could do things like that, but you can't do it if everything's in your inbox because your inbox is like, it's literally a loading zone. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason or definition to it. So any, so you can, you have to define anything that you're working with, including time blocks, whether it's very specific or broad enough that you can fit enough in it so that you know that, oh, I'm going to be able to use this time block effectively. Same thing with email. So yeah, you could have an email time block, but then I would encourage you to figure out how to best leverage that time block in a way so that you can only have one or two, as opposed to having you get hinged by email all day long. Right. Well, the, 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 the challenge is that the two tools, the tools that you need to use for time blocking don't support time blocking. They're not, they're not no. friendly to your objective. So once you make the switch from not time blocking to time blocking, you're all of a sudden going to realize that my calendar isn't made for this. My nope. email, email inbox is not made for this. My to-do list isn't made for this. My, my, so, my social circles aren't made for this. <laughs> no, and, and, and yeah, and you, have to, and, and you have to, and you have to, it's like, it's like I grew up in an era where the Transformers were like a big cartoon and Voltron and all that stuff. It's like all of those, the, Voltron was like the four or five lines or whatever, right? They individually were pretty powerful, but when they formed together to be like Voltron, unstoppable. Right. That's the same thing here. That's so your calendar, thing. yeah, your calendar, your email to do is when all speaking the same language, right. uh, you're going to be in a, so yes. So again, it's like to give a really interesting example, your calendar is not made to time block specifically because where do you put the tasks? They don't really, there's no right, like you'd have to put them in the description or maybe you have like to do's inside of it or whatever, but very rarely. So what do you do? Well, the calendar says it's email time. Okay, great. I have a to-do list item that says check email. So therefore that, you know, or emails I need to send and you go to the email tag and you see all the emails you need to send. So that way you go into email with missions 
rather than questions, because that's always a better way to go in. And then you open up your email and you see all that you send those emails. And then your email inbox has all these things. You're like, oh, emails from the boss. Well, there's the boss folder. I'm going to move that to that folder and I'm going to keep going through. That's how you do it because the, the calendar says the block of time is for email. The to-do list says, here's the emails that I know I want to send. And then the email says, here's how I manage the inflow so that the hundreds and hundreds of people that email one person aren't overwhelming me in a way that I have to constantly be reacting to these things so that the next time the email time block comes up, I can go back in and deal with it again. That's how that works. That should be one seamless activity where, yep. for example, the inbox should be blocked. The inbox should be hidden from view. Mm -hmm. Bring in the same emails. You don't want to be distracted by what came in five minutes ago. That's now going to take up three yep. hours of your distracted time. So it should the three the three tools should present you with like and we're getting into solutions now so this we've done this yep. week, but solutions now would be the kind of software that is fit for purpose not fit for this purpose that one and this one and then you got to put them together and when you put them together they're actually not made to work together they're not helpful to you as a time blocker you've got to know be so disciplined that when you use them you only do this when you're in this mode. You only do that in that mode. You only, so you're exactly. having to generate all of the discipline that should be built into the software, right? Right, but the tools allow to make that easier. And that's why when someone says to me, well, how do I know I'm just using my to-do list and my to-do list has due dates and like Apple reminders, let's use that as an example. Until they've added tags to Apple reminders, Mm -hmm. It was really not that good for this sort of thing. And I would argue it still isn't. It's not meant for this kind of stuff. Even Francesco's new um, uh, Bento, the Bento app, uh -huh. it's not meant for that either. We're talking about uh, SkedPal, uh, gosh, uh, ClickUp, Asana, Todoist, like anything that has some way for you to tag or create a connection to your right. calendar and then whatever it is you're supposed to be working with, so, I mean, I'll use examples like the time you need, the resource, the energy, the activity, whatever. You need to be able to connect those dots quickly so that when you're like, oh, it's it's writing time. Oh, okay. Todoist says, here's all my writing tasks across multiple projects. Let me look. Oh, and, uh, you know, so let me work on those. Like, that's just a quick connection. But if it's like, I need, uh, it's, it's, and I'll use theming as an example here. It's two o'clock on a Wednesday. That's my writing time. What's my writing project I'm trying to work on? Right? What's my project I'm working on right now? Well, this month's project is the procrastination course. Okay, let me go into the procrastination course inside of ClickUp, see all the tasks that are associated with writing with it, and let's go. So the human cannot be removed from this, and the discipline's required, but you have to have a tool that will help remove the friction that can show up because there's that primitive part of your brain that wants to go, yeah, but email will tell me what to do, or Facebook, what about that? Like, you need to have some form of direction and that's what these again it's all about directing your attention and if you have the the path to least resistance set up then your time blocks will work but you have to they require it's like a gardener you have to constantly be weeding and cultivating and feeding the soil so that the plants will actually grow and you'll get a great harvest right with the, given the tools that we have today yep. there and this, i think this is the this is the message for anybody who particularly if you're you're new to time blocking is that you're we've talked about all the different ways in which you may have understood time blocking before you started 
you started off too hot and heavy. You started off too quickly because you didn't really have a, a gradual way of getting into the challenges it presents. The, as you get into the challenges you present, you realize that the, 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 the social set, the people who are around you and your expectations aren't aligned with what really what you want to accomplish. And as you start to put the tools together and start to use them, they don't talk to each other. They're not, they're not concerned about your time blocks. They're concerned about other things. And you have to kind of, as you said, you have to keep crafting it and working it so that it actually accomplishes your goals. And this is, this is the bad news of time blocking is that, my goodness, you commit to it. And as you commit to it, you are forced to become the architect. It's a lifestyle. It right. becomes a lifestyle. Here's the thing. Uh, and I was just thinking about this before we hopped on our call today because I've been working out and working out as a lifestyle, eating healthy. Like, like, you know, I don't like the term diet in that, like the quick, like I'm going on a diet to lose weight. Like a diet technically should be like, this is the diet that I have in my life and this is what I do. Now, what's interesting, and this is, this is, I would challenge you, like once, if you are somebody like me or Francis, have been time blocking for a while or using these kind of, uh, processes. I think it's important to have a cheat day. I do. Like, I'm not cheat saying day. it should be during the work week, but maybe on a Saturday, you don't time block at all because that will actually help with the discipline in a, in a way. Feel, right. Think of it. It's the same thing with eating healthy. Like you've heard have a cheat day. Like, oh, it's my cheat day. Like it's something to actually look forward to. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should do it right away if you if you're new to time blocking don't go well here's my cheat day and move the cheat day around like that's what you you wouldn't do that with a physical routine or workout anyway but right. there's something but if the discipline needs a bit of a breather too right so if you know that hey every sunday like sunday i love watching the cincinnati Bengals play football when it's going on so sure. i will do things like watch the videos of, of past seasons like i will do but Sunday is my, it's, well, Sunday's not my cheat day. Saturday is right now my cheat day. But Sunday would be like the day where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't theme, right? Like, um, and actually I've, I've had it on Friday before because Friday is a day where no one really wants to work. So I'm like, I, I'm free to do whatever I want on Friday. That doesn't mean I don't, I all of a sudden go through my to-do list in a sequential order. Right. I still look at it and I'm like, well, what do I feel like doing right now? I don't know. I, let's. I'm tired. Let me look at all my low energy tasks. Okay. Bang, 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 bang. I'll do those. Right. But I'm not beholden to what's today's focus. Right. It's more like I just use the to-do list at that point as a directory. Right. But the right. calendar tells me, Hey, Mike, it's your cheat day. It's, it's free day. It's free day, Friday. Great. I can do, I can do whatever I want that day, but whatever I want is in the to-do list. <laughs> like it really is. Cause I use it. So I think that, that that's worth keeping in mind too. This is not a, um, and, and I've had this happen before. Uh, uh, people have said, Mike, your system, it's like time crafting and time blocking. It sounds so rigid. Like, so, so like, yeah, it, it, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. It, I would say initially it's, 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 there's some rigidity at first because you're not used to it. Like you, like, you know what I mean? There's some con constraints there, but frameworks foster freedom, right? So right. if you have a framework in place and you have it long enough, you're like, you know, I don't need to follow it today because I'll be able to pick it back up the next day. That's why, you know, theming days is helpful for me because if I'm sick on a Thursday and Thursday is my training day, my brain doesn't go, well, when am I going to do all this training stuff? Well, next Tuesday, because Tuesday is also a training day. So don't worry about it. Well, what can I do today? Well, you're kind of tired and sick. So do all your low energy stuff. Oh, okay. Bang, bang, bang. So I, I don't, 
I have those there as attention points. That's what they're designed to do. That's what these blocks are designed to do. That's what themes are designed to do. And by having one day a week where I'm not beholden to that, it actually strengthens the other days other day. that much more. It's kind of like your, your, your days off from the gym make you better in the gym. Yeah. It needs the rest day to recover from the challenge of working out. Yeah. And you know, what's hilarious is that I didn't have that for the longest time. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I was like, every day is themed and every, like I was relentless about it. And you know, the only reason I recognized I needed one is I journal. I mean, I journal as part of my evening routine every night. I'm like, why am I like, I just feel like I'm constantly like I'm getting the right things done, but when am I going to get a break? And I'm like, wait a minute, why don't I just give myself a break? Like I could do that. Like, and I just recalibrated and I'm like every Friday, which is, you know, like we're recording this on a Wednesday and two days from now, I got, I, I'm free to do whatever I want. And where like, and, but the great thing is whatever I want to do, I know where to find it. I think that's right. the other thing too. You have to know where to find this stuff. It's not and, random, right, randomly and, hitting you all from any part and of you've the done, world. Right. And we've done this long enough now, both you and I, to know that the places where we can find it, the reason we know to look there is because we've used them. So we trust them. Right. And, right. and the only way time blocking sticks is if you put them in places that you know you can trust and you do it over consistent. That's why I said, look four weeks down. Don't just like make that list, 20, whatever it shows up that's redundant, block out time, but not just this week. Maybe only pick two blocks this week, but go like three, four, five, six weeks down the road. Yeah, work backwards. Yeah. And in fact, you could, you could even get to the point where you're like, well, what's the most important, what's the least important stuff. Let me go six weeks down the road and put it there and, and grade it to like, oh, the most important stuff needs to go this week. Right. right. Or the most urgent stuff rather. Right. That's this week. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just know this, you will never stop crafting your time including your time blocks until you have no more time blocks to craft because you know, you're just no, I mean, you, you've, you've ascended to a, a higher plane where your to-do list and your calendar and all that stuff doesn't really matter anymore. It's just who you were, who you became that does. Right. So just keep that in mind. Like it, I know we have, we live in a society that's like live for today because tomorrow isn't guaranteed. I'm not, you know, crapping on that at all. I think that's important, but just remember, um, that there's only so much you can do in a day, in a week, in a month. And there's this great book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. And he uses the metaphor of a rose bush, which I think is brilliant because you have to cut healthy blooms on a rose bush so that others can look amazing. You could have an okay rose bush, but it's going to be crowded with flowers. They won't stand out. So healthy things need to be pruned so that way the rose bush can thrive. And it's the same thing here. So there's going to be things where you're like, I really want to do this this week, but it's not the best week to do it. So I'm going to leave it to the next week. Or So keep that in mind. You're always going to be crafting your time. You're never going to stop. Once you stop crafting your time, then you are giving your time away. And you don't want to do that. That's going back into the past. So Mike, how can, as we wrap up, we have some awesome, awesome conclusions and, and advice for people as they get into time blocking and as they start to grow as time blockers. We've given them, I think, insights I've not heard anywhere else with respect to here's what happens once you get on this path. It's not as bad as you think. It's also, it also requires a whole lot of nuance and a whole lot of strategy. How can folks hear more about the work that you're doing in time crafting, time theming, and uh, productivity as uh, podcast? 
Well, if you want to uh, keep up with my work um, and just get like, I'll, you'll get regular emails from me and so on and so forth. Um, go to productivityist.com slash do be do be do. <laughs> so do be do be do. And you'll get a, a, what I call the starting six. And I think what I like about it is it's both qualitative and quantitative. It's a worksheet that you can use. And then you'll start to get some insights and advice from me on how to leverage that kind of stuff. How to, how to theme your time. How do you, you know, how to, how to, uh, you know, operate by mode more than say by project, like different lenses with which to look through the, your intentions so you can pay more attention to them. And again, if you, you know, my podcast is a productive conversation, which you can check out. It's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, I mean, if I think the best place to go just to get started is with the starting six at productivityist.com slash doobie doobie do. Doobie doobie do. It's how many yeah. do's and bees in there? Two, two do's and well, two bees? Doobie doobie do. So there's, I think it's, uh, it's two bees and three do's, right? Think of, think of like doobie doobie do. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's great having you on the podcast. You will be back. Yes. We will we'll pick another topic and, and have it because there's, there's, these kind of conversations are, they get to places that people just don't get to hear and, and, and understand because we're going into depth in something that they're dealing with, problems that they're having in this one specific area. And boy, I'm trusting that. Folks, if you're listening, that you got value. But keep listening. I'm going to tell you about the next podcast. Uh, in the series episode that follows this one in just a few minutes plus give you a few more announcements so keep listening thanks for having me francis i had a blast thanks mike take care Here's a clip from our next episode. Committed and, and you're a hard worker, you're smart, someone who is really looking to get to the next levels of achievement. Because the number of tasks that you can manage effectively is a limit, a real ceiling on what you can accomplish as an individual. And if you want to accomplish and reach your potential and surpass what people believe you can accomplish or what you believe you can accomplish there's no doing that without contending with hmm, how do i manage my tasks and if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the task management and time blocking podcast you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message a voice note and as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community, mightytaskers.scheduleu.org, and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of our episodes that are coming up. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast, app, or service 
you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later.